So, I'm looking for a place, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Just as I, as I unadorn my neck and put that over there where it can't make <laughs> tinkly tonkles, right? I've I've seen some I've seen some pictures. Some of the places are looking real nice. There are some really interesting um, houses we're looking at. Those lovely northern prices. Oh, that's the best bit. Is we're looking at <sighs> northern prices. One of them. Yes. <laughs> had a flight of stairs. Right. And you know, sometimes in houses, there's like a little, like, just a block at the t- on the ceiling, like a little right angle for whatever reason. Yeah. 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 One of those went down to my shoulder. Halfway down the stairs, there is just a wall. Oh, no. Coming down from the ceiling that reaches my shoulder. To get down those stairs, I had to duck down like Lady Dimmer fucking Tresk. This seems like one of those, like, perfectly designed to make you, like, accidentally dislodge something if you try and walk up or down the stairs while drunk. Yeah. Like, oops, I took my shoulder out. I mean, I don't want to stereotype the North, but I can only assume it's the amount of fucking uh, factory smoke just making people smaller, um, that they feel that they don't need to build for tall pe- My shoulder! Yeah. Like, I've, I've, I've been in houses where things are low, and I will inevitably... I mean, here at Fees, um, the door to the, uh, the eldest room, um, the stairs and the doorway are aligned, yeah. so that I have bashed my head... As a tall gal, I've bashed my head on the top of the door frame. I've done the same. I've I've also right? uh, bashed bashed my head on the ceiling in that room. Oh god! I mean, yeah. Oh yeah! The... You kneel down to the floor for a second. You stand up. Oh bang! Bonk! Head head's having a bad time. Yeah, it's an attic room, and and it's like got an angle. It's the sharpest <laughs> angle I've so seen on an sharp. attic roof in so long. That I can only Ooh. use half the room. <laughs> One half of that room is like the angle goes down so low that I can't. It's just off limits. But I've never been in a place where it's down to my fucking shoulder. By comparison, down here in the south, the place I'm in, I could double in height and probably still be fine in my living room. Oh, yeah. Like, I've got ridiculous big ceilings. They're lovely. Your place is amazing. It, it's great for a tall lass. It, it's got the headroom. Yeah, very, very roomy. Is is uh, you're in James's place? Yeah, but there's another place I'm looking at, which has an interesting location. Okay, I'll say that mm. much. I'm not going to talk about the one you've heard about, Laura. Yeah, because <laughs> that one is just on another level. Oh yeah, that that one's fucking ridiculous. Yeah, you want to talk about what Northern prices can get? You? <laughs> Jesus Christ! Um, but this one is first of all. It's a row of eight. It's a row of eight houses, like four, and then four behind it. Right? It's clearly supposed to be four houses that they've turned into eight. Mm. Um, but that aside, like, it's an interesting location. It would be perfect for someone like me who you know likes to go on walks. Yeah. The estate agent couldn't find it. <laughs> That's not a great sign. That's not a great sign. We went there the other week to look for a, a, a viewing. Waited out there for 30 minutes until a bloke pulled up in a van and got out and we were like, we, we shouted over, are you here to view the house? And he went, yeah. And went, so are we. Oh, um, yeah. So he, he had considerably less patience. He was gone within three minutes. Um, but we left. Um, we tried calling them and they didn't answer. And I'm not a confrontational kind of trash girl. No, I sure. don't. I'm not one to leave snotty messages, but I felt really insulted um, that no one had turned up. No one had contacted me to tell me that they weren't going to turn up or that there were issues. And when I tried to call, there was no answer twice. So I left this message that was like, okay, regarding, because I left a message before that was like, we're here, no one's here. Um, Second message, um, I called and said, okay, Disregard the last message, we're on our way home, as is the person who turned up after us to look at the house. (laughs) And then just couldn't resist just going, really, like, like, I did one of those high-pitched, like, pitch shifts, just went, a little bit rude that no one got in touch to let me know. (laughs) So there's just that to think about. And then I went, thanks, Um, and then hung up. And that was spur of the moment. And then when they left me a voicemail, I didn't touch it for a week. 
because I'm like, I said thanks. I did an elongated thanks. Like, that's supposed... No further contact was necessary, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. If someone's mother had died, I, I couldn't pick that up and hear that after doing an elongated thanks. It's an elongated thanks, people! <laughs> um... Fee finally listened to it today. They they've been like like really wanting to listen to it. And I'm like, I don't want to be around for it. It's now socially awkward because I did the elongated yeah. thanks, the classic ET. And they took the phone, listened to it today. Yeah, the letting agent who was supposed to give us the house viewing couldn't find it, got lost, and rather than tell anyone, <laughs> just tried. <laughs> just tried her best oh. um, Apparently the voicemail Which I've still not listened to Was very grovelling It was like I'm so sorry <gasps> But I didn't know That she couldn't Like the person Running the, the place <sighs> Didn't know what was happening Said yeah She lost She got lost And didn't tell anyone And just tried to find it Wow My favourites are always The viewings where it's clear That the letting agent Hasn't actually been to the property yet Because my favourite one of those Was um I showed up to a viewing and the letting agent got there um, like slightly before me. And as we arrived, they were like, don't go. Don't do the viewing. Oh, no. There were needles and used condoms right outside the door of the property. And they were like, do not do the viewing. Leave. I'm very sorry for taking your time. Wow. It's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, it's right up there with the viewing I did for a place that, like, all of the interior photos were lovely. It was a little weird that they'd all been done so I couldn't see the windows from the angles they'd taken the pictures. No! And I get to the property and realise that all the windows have been boarded over with metal. Metal? metal plates over every window, including, like, the little window in the door. (laughs) Every one of them's metal barred up, and I'm like, "Mm, no, no, not doing this one. No, that's not good. No, thank you. I'm not convinced that that needles and used condoms in the front yard isn't a selling point. I mean... I mean, the property value on that's going to be low. You could really come from a strong negotiating position. (laughs) True. Look, Phoenix has been <laughs> suggesting if we find a place we really like to just leave some condoms, <laughs> smoke a bit of weed, like I outside. Am not, I am in no way suggesting that, although fuck landlords and property owners. Oh, yeah. I would in no way suggest it, but there is a great uh, little story, no idea if it's real, that I saw going around on, t- uh, on Twitter recently of someone going, yeah, someone in our neighborhood just fires a gun into the air every now and then to keep the property prices low. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Love um, it. Yeah, Conrad's not advocating you do any of that. I'm saying no. do it in my name. Um, <laughs> steal in my name. Uh, that's like the list. Here's the list of Stephanie's crimes, right? That you can do in honor of me, right? Stealing from corporations. We've already covered that. Yeah. Pirate everything. Steal oh. stationery if you work at a corporation. Oh, I'm going to talk about piracy so much this week. Oh. Embezzle. Um, do it all in my name. Uh, do it as tribute to me. Um, and also fire guns in the air. I'm encouraging you to do this, especially if you're <laughs> young, right? Um, fire guns into the air um, to keep property prices down. Uh, because I'm Stephanie Sterling oh. and I believe landlords should be dragged out into the street and beaten with shoes and sticks. Yeah. Uh, and if you want to do that as well, um, just, yeah, just do that and, and tell the police that um, I encouraged it on my podcast. <laughs> So welcome to Volquisition, it's a video game podcast. We talk about video games, and we got to get a move on this week. Ah, uh, yes we do. You know, it's not even so much that Steph is willing to go down, it's that Steph is willing to take us down with them. Oh, I've always been willing to go down, but Conrad won't go down with me. We've had an agreement had on this. that. We've got we a legally binding contract. Conrad ain't going down with me, which so is why video... my only... Yes, sorry. Video games, video games. Yes. I played some of them this week. I'm going to get this, this train back on the tracks. Um, you do that. I'm going to drink some water for hydration purposes. <laughs> Uh, so I mentioned the Steam Deck last week. Like I'd had a, I'd had a few hours with it at the time. I hadn't had yeah. a huge amount of time to play around with it. I've had like the better part of a week now, and I really fucking like this device with a lot of caveats that are not big problems for me, but are going to be very like, is this right for you or not? It's gonna, it's gonna be a very polarizing thing. Um, so moment to moment, this thing is great. I have yet to find a 3D game that this thing struggles to play of modern titles. 
Um, it handles the PC ports of PlayStation games really nicely. Like, uh, being able to play God of War and Horizon Zero Dawn in a handheld, that's really nice. I, I eventually double dipped and I, I've, I, I restarted playing a bit of Elden Ring on it. And yeah, that plays really nice. This thing is a really decently powered handheld with all of the various caveats I'm going to get into. I don't know how. I can't remember how much I talked about emulation last week. Uh, you touched upon it. Yeah, it was a, it was a bit fiddly getting everything up and running. There was a lot of having to dip in and out of desktop mode and fiddle around with settings because, like, the short version of why it's fiddly to set emulators up on this is that desktop mode is the only place where you can really access the file structure to add more games to your emulator but you can't access the controls very well there, so you've got to go back into gaming mode to set up the controls. It's a little fiddly to do the initial setup, but once you're going, this thing plays Switch games at near near perfect frame rates. Uh, it is a perfect PS3 emulator. Um, I was playing uh, 3DS games in 720p. They look fucking gorgeous. You showed me footage you were playing fucking Demon Souls. Yeah, I played a bit of Demon Souls, awesome. played a bit of Persona 5, um... I put, um, I had 720p, like, upscaled, um, Majora's Mask running on it really nicely. This thing has yet to find an emulator that it, that it can't deal with. You are a little limited to the ones that have native Linux builds of emulators, like, the Wii U is one that, like, there isn't a Linux emulator for the Wii U easily available, and therefore that's kind of not on the table, but, like... If you want a portable thing that will run up to, like, PS3, 360, Switch really nicely in a handheld, this is really lovely for that. My biggest issue with it was purely the first couple of days of setup. Because in order to get this thing up and running how I wanted it, playing all the games I wanted, getting all of the like non-game software loaded up into the nice console-style interface, required a lot of, this is a Linux PC and you've got to get to grips with Linux quick if you want to mess around with that stuff. There is no hand-holding and uh, a lack of some very basic things you would expect. Like, this, this is, it feels like an early access device as soon as you move out of the console-style interface. When you're on desktop mode, there's not even, as default, an, a, a keyboard. There's no touchscreen keyboard. The only way to get a keyboard if you don't plug one in is to go into the app store and download a keyboard separately. Like, it's it's weird little things like that that are a lot. If you're not familiar with Linux already, you will have to do a little bit of a crash course to learn how to do some things. Accessibility-wise... It becomes very clear that this is created by people who aren't trying to create a curated experience, because there is basically nothing in the way of system-level accessibility support besides one not-advertised, very low-quality screen magnifier that barely magnifies the screen at all. It's got a real feel of, not our problem, game developers fix it, or you go find solutions yourself. But once I got it all set up, and I had everything how I wanted it, and I had all my stuff set up, I have really fallen in love with this. Um, as someone that wants to play PC games and modern PC titles, but really doesn't like sitting at my PC to play games, because it's where I work and I I can't break that association, and I just prefer playing things on a handheld, this has opened up, I just want to play that PC game but on a handheld, and it does that really well. And if you are okay with, with you're going to have to do a bit of fiddly setup if you want certain things to work, it is a really nice device, and I have very quickly found myself being like, oh yeah, I'm for me and my specific use case, I'm going to get so much use out of this. It's real nice. It's real good. If you really like handheld gaming and you just wish you could do PC games not at your PC on a handheld, this has fundamentally d done that really nicely. Hmm. All right. Yeah. Hmm. It's real good. It's yeah. a real nice piece of kit. I'm looking forward to whenever like one is ready. Um, yeah. The emulation sounds great. Like that. 
That has me excited. The emulation's not too bad now I know how to set it up and I can talk you through it when it shows up. Yeah, I'll probably be tugging on your sleeve like, Laura, help me make a game happen. It was fiddly and complicated because it's it's got some weird quirks, but once you know what you're doing, like I can talk you through it easy, thankfully. Okay, okay. But yeah. Also the 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 touch the trackpad, the virtual trackpad for doing mouse controls, in practice it works really well. Um I was playing around with um inscription as something that was a mouse I was like, what's what's a mouse heavy game that I can play around with a bit? It's a really nice mouse emulator. It it works great for that. I have generally found that a lot more games work than are listed as verified. Um, it feels like they've really gone the approach of if we're not, we'd rather have false negatives than false positives. If we say a thing works perfectly, we want to be sure that's right. And if there's even the tiniest little thing that'll be a little fiddly and not quite right, we won't give it that green tick. I found a lot of things that haven't been ticked as verified work perfectly, which has been nice and reassuring. The games that don't work on it have been very... There's been no rhyme or reason to them. It's not been a many, but it's been some, like, this seems like it should work fine. I don't know why it doesn't. It's a PC. It's like that sometimes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like a really good piece of hardware. Mm-hmm. And and the price for the hardware yeah. is very reasonable. I think I think the thing that would hold me back from doing it is that uh I don't particularly necessarily like doing gaming at my PC either. Mm. But what I like less is playing on a small screen. You know? That's fair. Yeah. yeah, and especially these big high res games, that aspect. Even playing Pokemon on the Switch in bed, like I have to, yeah. you know, like adjust my visual perception of it in a way that I find somewhat uncomfortable, and would really just prefer to have a screen. Um, yeah. But that at the same time. It's incredibly impressive, and it is the sort of thing that if it were practical for me to just HDMI out to my TV downstairs and run a you know a, a different controller out, I might consider that. You can do that. Right now, that is a slightly fiddly proposition. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, so they haven't released their official doc for it yet, and I think that's because they're still working out the tech side. The short version is... Yeah, you can run a USB-C to HDMI um, plug out. Yeah. In order to get it to output to TV, you have to put it into sleep mode and then take it out of sleep mode with the screen already attached. But it's it's like 30% of the time it'll recognize the screen. Mm. It's like, it's it's clearly not Yeah, it's not ready. fully, yeah, yeah. It, it's one of those, if you're okay with, it's going to take me a second to get it up on the TV, it's not going to be seamless. It does work well once it's up there. And you, like, I've had no trouble pairing, like, any modern console controller to it, like the Xbox controller, PS5 controller, um, 8-BitDo side controllers, like, um, Xbox adaptive controller pairs to it really easily over Bluetooth. Right. Yeah, there's, because there's a lot of, I mean, I I use the, what's the other Steam uh, Steam Link? Yeah, I have a Steam Link, and I use it all the time. Yeah. I, I love it. Um, but it's not fully supported yes. in the way that this is going to be supported. And, you know, it running it on the hardware is, yeah. you know, going to be preferable. And so there are reasons, and this is affordable, which, I, I again, I'm kind of really blown away by the price on this for, for what they're packing in. The price versus performance for a thing of this form factor that is portable is really nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's remarkable. It looks good. I'm very happy with it, but like, yeah, don't go into this expecting it to be a seamless curated console experience. Go in knowing that it's going to at times be a PC, that you're going to have to remember that it's a PC sometimes. Uh, what about you both? What have you been playing this week? Well, speaking of small screens, yeah. I did. You, I think I've mentioned this before. It is really easy to firmware update a 3DS. 
Yes, it is. Wow, easy. Like, yeah. 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that was all it took uh, to, yeah. to do that. Um, and, and, and if I could just say how kind of delightful the uh, distribution seed has become yeah. with these. Because I, I won't name the site, but there is a site that is archiving 3DS content. Mm-hmm. And you can download it from them. And when you select your file, you can download it directly to the 3DS via a limited use QR code. Yes. And I love that so much that make it just brings me such incredible it's impractical as hell. Like I could download the the file in a tenth the time, put it on the SD card and be going. But it is fun. It's very, very fun. Um and speaking of fun, I've been playing Rune Factory 4 on the 3DS uh yeah. this week. And that's a funny game. Like they are really leaning into the the sort of screwball comedy element mm. uh in and, and and so it's kind of delightful and charming in a way that like Rune Factory has always been kind of cute and maybe at times even a little twee but um but fun. This is just they're aiming for goofy comedy and I'm kind of there for it. Otherwise, it, it, Rune Factory is, if you've not played it, think of it like a a dungeon crawler mixed with a Stardew Valley. I don't know. Does Stardew Valley have dungeon crawling in it? It probably does. That's fucking everything. Um, yeah, a little bit, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is a, it's a, you fulfill requests in this town and you build up a little farm and you can later uh, make friends with the monsters in the dungeons and then they'll come and work your farm. And it's just a, a neat, fun, chill game that, you know, has actually to an extent replaced my evening Pokemon play because, um, mm. you know, it, well, some nights my, my partner Linda likes to play Breath of the Wild and, you know, yeah. so, and, and but now I just, I play Rune Factory and, um it's just it's fun and delightful and easy to just like do a day and then walk away from it and uh yeah there's a a PC version of it and I considered getting that when I realized it existed but the dual screen function is something that I think I would legitimately miss like having access to mm. you know menu information and uh my uh, inventory at all times is, is kind of a thing for me. So uh, even yeah. though it's the small screen experience that I'm not crazy about, that extra screen really does contribute a lot to it and, and make it much more playable. But yeah, it's good. I like it. It's fun. Nice. I need to dig my 3DS out of my... Because um, all my stuff arrived from the US. I know I've got a Majora's Mask 3DS in there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I really should like tinker with a 3ds and do that kind of stuff on it it's as i understand it a very easy one to do that with mm-hmm. i could probably tell you what box it's in uh, yeah <laughs> um, we've got a oh we've got a charter i've heard stories of how well organized that that uh oh, ruthlessly. That, that, that thing is i conrad i've heard real compliments to your work oh shucks it was amazing it was so easy to offload as well like and everything looks pristine oh good 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 good. things that were stood upright hadn't even fallen over mm-hmm. oh, good st- uh, you did a bang up job of of organizing and packing that thank you oh no it's my pleasure i'm just glad it got there in one piece yeah. yes it was it's yeah it's all safely in a um storage until i get a place yeah what about you, Steph? What have you been playing? I'll tell you something that has no place yeah. in any market for any reason is a game called Babylon's Fall. <laughs> oh. It should be called Platinum's Fall from Grace. You helped me avoid, you know, avoid oh, biting a bullet I'm, on this one. I'm so glad. Like, I can't, I cannot warn people enough. It's $60 and it's so bad. This is Platinum Games published by Square Enix who year on year are proving themselves to just be one of the biggest hacks in the business. This is what Platinum meant 
when I forget who it was at Platinum. Mm. I think it was like the the I forget if it was the lead director or CEO or something. But recently, uh, someone from Platinum was like basically said we're done making good games. It was like we don't want these sort of well designed games anymore. We're embracing the live service model. And as big a failure as this is, I think. Hopefully they're going to rethink that because Babylon's Fall came out. I didn't know it had come out yet. Most people didn't seem to. It launched with less than 650 concurrent players on Steam. No one wants it. And if you look at it for five seconds, you'll see why. Uh, the beta turned a whole bunch of people off. I, mm-hmm. out of curiosity, hearing how unpopular it was and knowing it was another Square Enix live service that I could probably, you know, take pleasure in dumping all over um i checked it out it's so bad oh no it's so i thought something was wrong with it like when i when i booted it up and just saw how ugly not just ugly but grody it looks like these aren't just bad visuals these are gross and when i saw it i thought something was wrong like has half the game's graphics not loaded No, the game just looks like that. It looks like an MMO released 10 years ago. But not only are the graphics like poor and dated and and, and artistically bankrupt, like everything is just brown and dreary. Uh, The environments are thread fucking bare. It's just corridor, arena for fighting in, corridor, arena for fighting in. Um, Character models are just like the hair. The hair is clipping through other bits of hair and head or just floating there. Um, Animations are barely existent. Um, But not only that, not only is it brown and dreary, artistically generic as all hell, um, technically dated, they it's smeared. It's the only way I've found to describe it. It has been insmearant. They've put this filter on it to try and trick you into thinking, um, probably to hide how ugly it looks, failed at that, like like just Im- impressively failed at that. But they've put this sort of, I can only describe it as, as an attempt to create brush strokes over the screen, as if as if the game is supposed to look like a painting, which... Holds true when you see cutscenes, which sort of go from portrait to like, they're they're portraits on a wall, and it goes from portrait to portrait for the next cutscene. Some of those are hilarious. They're like so badly animated, they look like those you know those visual novels you get on Steam with the stock asset three D models. Oh yeah, um, it looks like that. The cutscenes are that, um, but it looks like what they tried to do was like they said we've got this like just just steaming ugly pile of crap how do we hide how hideous this is let's try and put a filter on it and make it look classy but what they did is they put this sort of brownish sepia-ish brush stroke filter on it and didn't animate it so every sort of texture is static with the game playing behind it so i spent the first 30 minutes thinking to myself God, my monitor needs a wash. It just looked like the the screen, like my physical screen was dirty oh. because they all they did was like just get a filter of paint or something like that and then just reduce the opacity on it. Oh. <laughs> and it's so bad. And I haven't even gotten onto the gameplay yet. It is. It. Oh my God. It's. It's like someone. It's like a, it, I, it's indescribable. It's the the skeletal structure of a recognisable platinum game, but just the bones. It's you can hit things, you can dodge things, you get graded at the end. That's basically it. Mm. But you go through these corridors, you run through corridors collecting mindless shit, go into an arena where you have to deal with like like it's like someone who didn't know how to make a platinum game tried to make a platinum game which is amazing because it's platinum games that made it it's got the it's a it's trying to emulate the you know 
sort of elegant um, combat system with dive in, hit all these stylish moves and dodge fluidly, you know, and time your dodges well so that you can, um, you know, counterattack. It tries to do all that, except there's no fluidity to it. You compare it to something like Bayonetta and it's like, how did the same studio make this? There's no flow. Um, Attacks are slow and the animations are, are stodgy, uh, uh, dodging feels unresponsive so it's not satisfying it's just like a pale pale shadow of a recognisable platinum game you can map weapons to four different buttons so you can like and there's like really generic weapons like sword bow hammer shield wand um you get two regular attack buttons and then the shoulder buttons if you're on controller controls the other two weapons you've equipped and they're a bit stronger or whatever they're on a meter that you build up with the other attacks and it's so awkward and weird because you're using the face buttons you know square and triangle while squeezing the triggers to do the same attacks uh, I found the only way to make the game tolerable was to equip bows on everything. So I've got a bow on on square, bow on triangle, square, uh, bow on left trigger, bow on right trigger. I stand back and I I just spend the game squeezing, just squeezing till I get wanker's cramp. Um, and it's better than trying to play the game in good faith. It's better than that, like just standing back and just squeezing until everything's dead. It's got a battle pass, because of course it fucking has. It's got microtransactions up the fucking wazoo, but very much like Marvel's Avengers and uh, other like artistically bereft live services. The, the game is so ugly, the cosmetics so generic and dull and artless that anyone spending money on this is, is beyond mortal ken. Just, I couldn't understand it. It's all so bland and ugly that why do it? So its own business model fails because it can't sell you anything worth a fucking damn. But it's all there. It's overwhelming amounts of loot that doesn't really mean anything. Just equip whatever makes the fucking numbers go up. Uh, The online is fucked. Constant um, uh, matchmaking failures. There's lag so that there's, there's multiple instances of enemies just standing there doing nothing. You attack, you attack, you attack, you attack about like two or three seconds later they fall over dead because they remember they got to do that when their health bars are fucking empty uh it is just atrocious and and it's it's thing the thing it really likes to do is you know how long anthem's loading screens were at launch yeah yeah at least they loaded something (laughs) i i i i right here's what i did right i played babylon's fall i finished a level I waited to load the hub area, right? Mm. I fucked, came back, (laughs) and said, right, I've got 20 minutes of that. I'm going to save that footage of the game doing nothing. Nothing. It's done it more than once. It's done it more than Mm -hmm. once. Is it just, it gets... Like I said in the video, uh, on the Jim Pressions video I posted of this, like the big irony of a game that can't complete a bar when it's lowered it so much. How can you lower the bar and not fucking move any bars in the fucking game? It doesn't load. The game itself knows not to give you more of the game. Ugly. Boring. Bland, threadbare. It's not a game that exists to be played. It's a game that exists for the grind. It's a game that exists to trick you into making, into giving more money over. But you shouldn't, because this it costs sixty dollars, and it's worse than many free-to-play games of similar cynicism. Mm. Like if you're gonna be that cynical, that greedy, that much of a fucking hack, at least give me more than two colours. Utterly, sh- utter shambles. That Square Enix is dragging other other companies down with it, like like some you know. Uh, a careless envy on a podcast inciting <laughs> crimes um, and pulling everyone else down. Like, it's just shameful. Babylon's Fall is the crime. Babylon's Fall is the crime. <laughs> wow. Who's the real criminal yeah. here? It is Look, Platinum. I, I, 
I'd have I'd have struggled to find time for the best of Platinum games at this moment because releasing right around the same time as Elden Ring. Oh god, that makes it even funnier. Yeah, from software and Platinum games occupy the same niche in my what do I feel like playing. Mm. Even the best Platinum game I'd have struggled to make myself go and play right now. Yeah. As much as I love their games generally. Like good games. Good games are struggling to get attention away from Elden Ring. A great Platinum game I'd have probably gone, I'm excited, I'll play it in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Hearing this has turned out yeah. like this, I'm like, mm, God, no. But but it's like one of the most amazing contrasts, in, in my opinion. Yeah. The release of Elden Ring, followed so closely by Babylon's Fall, is one of the most amazing contrasts in video game history. Mm-hmm. That they release almost at the same time. If they'd have launched on the same day, it would have been mwah, perfect. But within like a week, I think it was of each other, or a couple of days, or something like that. Like to basically come out at the same time. One of the best games I've ever played, and one of the worst games I've ever played. One that has had so much effort and and detail uh, put into it versus the opposite. One that is a complete feature-rich experience, a callback to when games were like that on the reg versus what games are now, a Square Enix published, cynically produced, short-sighted, contemptuous grind of a, of a so-called service. The contrast between the two is exquisite. It's the only beautiful thing about Babylon's Fall is how it compares to Elden Ring. It is art. A, Babylon's Fall may be artless, but its release is pure art. Seven out of ten. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh... Quick thing that I've been playing around with this week. This has been a week of handhelds for me, of playing around with a bunch of different handhelds. I've been playing around a bit this week with the Retroid Pocket 2 Plus, which is another of those sort of emulation-focused devices. It's got the same form factor and roughly the same size and shape as your current Ambernic, uh, yeah. the RG, whatever it is. I looked, um, I think this is one of the ones I was looking at when I was researching them. Um, I'm very interested in your thoughts here. Yeah. So the Rectroid Pocket 2 was released a couple of years ago, and it was a pretty decent, like, it was in the same sort of camp as the the Ambernic. It's very similar range. Uh, the, the original 2 would do sort of up to N64 games if you really pushed it sort of performance. Uh, the Retroid Pocket 2 Plus is a very considerable step up in power for the same sort of price. This is sub £100. Really? It can run up to GameCube games. Really? Now, for GameCube games, you've got to turn the resolution of the game down by about 50%, which, Mm. it's on a small screen, it doesn't look that bad, shrunk down at that, like, it it balances out alright. Right. but yeah, if you if you're happy to take a little hit to the resolution, you can get like Wind Waker playing a, a solid thirty oh, frames mate, a second I'd do that. on a sub hundred quid handheld. It's real nice. Did you buy it? Uh yeah, I bought this one. Yeah, can you link me to where you got it from? Because I think I want this. So I want to talk through some little bits of caveats with this. Oh okay. Because it's not a perfect device. So things I like, it runs on. Android rather than its own bespoke operating system. Um, but there is an app that you can boot into that is very much like the sort of Ambernic front end of pick a console, pick the game. Uh, it's very good at like picking which emulator core to run based on the game. Like, ah, this game for this system runs better in this emulator, we'll boot it in that, which is really nice. Mm-hmm. But it also means that you can run Android software. So you can run stuff like... Um, the Android version of um, Dead Cells runs on this, and it runs really nice. Mm-hmm. For Android games that only have touchscreen control support, there is a really nice utility that will search for other people with this device who've made fan-made setups where like, your stick will emulate oh, cool. this bit of the touchscreen so you can play touchscreen stuff with buttons and sticks, which is really nice. You can minimise things and ha- leave them in the background and go do something else so you can minimize a game in one emulator, boot up a game in another emulator and come back to that first one. 
because it's Android, it's just suspending apps in the background, it works really nicely. The caveats are, first of all, this is going to be really hit and miss. I know some people who will be turned off the second they hear this. The left analog stick is a traditional analog stick that leans when you push it. The right analog stick is like the 3DS. It is a slide Ooh. stick. That doesn't bother me, but I can definitely see yeah. it. Yeah. So for people who hated the 3DS is one of those, this is a better quality one of those. It feels better to use, but fundamentally it is still one of those. And you will have to be okay with that. I know some people have been turned off the second they hear it. I have generally had no problem with it. I'm not playing a lot of, like, Twitch, um, you know, games where I'm doing a lot of, like, really precise camera controls that would need to put it to the test, but it works just fine. It does the job. The other caveat I will give with it is that I can only talk for the one I received. It had a slight build quality issue, and it wasn't a major thing, but it's... I feel like it's important to mention just because it probably would have been a bigger issue for someone who wasn't me. The left analog stick wasn't working properly when I received mine. It's very easy to open up. As someone who has been replacing analog sticks in Switch Joy-Cons for a while to, like, replace drifting ones, I had a very easy time opening it up and seeing, ah, it's not a faulty stick, the ribbon cable just wasn't perfectly seated in its in its little connector. Mm-hmm. But if you were, if someone had purchased this who was less comfortable with the idea of opening up a device they'd only just received and less likely to recognize what that issue was, that could have been a bigger problem. I have seen reports of not that same issue, but people who've had like little tech things that were easy enough to fix themselves, but just suggested a not perfect manufacturing process that has a little bit of quality control, not greatness. That being said, it's a very easy thing to open up, and they seem very open to if you say, hey, my thing is broken, can you can you, can you replace it or fix it or send me a part? They seem very responsive. But that is a thing to bear in mind as a possibility of what might happen when yours shows up. Mm-hmm. But having now fixed that very little problem, and me personally being fine with the other kind of stick on the right-hand side, this has very quickly become, like my travel device. Like, as much as the Steam Deck is great, it is big, it is heavy, it is chunky. If I'm flying abroad, I'm not using some of my limited carry-on luggage space for that. This is real nice. It is just small, it is surprisingly light, it's got good battery life, and it can play GameCube games, which is pretty impressive. It sounds really good. Yeah, I'm very happy with it, with the knowledge that I wouldn't confidently tell someone to go buy it unless they're okay with you might have some little things you have to just little 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 fixes you gotta do when you get it potentially but again it's it's clearly built in such a way that like it's designed for you to be able to easily take it apart if you need to replace parts with stock off the shelf cheap parts you can get easily like if it had been a broken analog stick, it would have cost me like two quid on eBay to get a replacement stick that would have worked for it, which is nice. It's nice when a thing like this is built with long-term repairability and part replacement as something you're able to do easily. So yeah, Re- Retroid Pocket 2 Plus, really nice little device. Awesome. Uh, what about you both? Have you played anything else? Not really, no. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. I played a, a fun little um, seance simulator. Oh, yes, you did this on Comrade After Dark over on yeah, Twitch the other yeah. night. did do that on Twitch the other night, and it's real short. It was a game jam thing that uh, was done in 2016, um, but but it's neat. It it uh, It's premised that it's a VHS tape that's supposed to teach you how to perform a seance, and you use the mouse like the disc on a Ouija board, the pointer, to, you know, hover over things. And it it, it does some neat little interactions. It takes like 10 minutes. Um, there's not much to it, but it, it evokes a mood and it's kind of fun. It's on itch. It's pay what you want. Uh, are you with us is what it's called. And uh, yeah, it was cute. 
I had I had fun with that, and it might might be something people might enjoy for like a ten minute little spook thing. But you know, no jump scares or anything. It's just kind of weird and creepy. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's going to be a bit of a handheld episode nice. yeah. today. Yeah, because it's time for a little trip. <gasps> it's time for a little a little journey, a little poddle over to Stephanie's Vita Corner. People love that jingle. They do. Um, yeah, I played two games, but we're under a bit of a, a hurry today, so I will just touch on one of them and save the other for next week. Um, but this week's uh, the Vita Corner is going to be about... Uh, Uncharted Golden Abyss. Oh, yeah. Uh, this was, yeah, the big, um, you know, Uncharted, handheld Uncharted game for the PS Vita. Golden Abyss was critically acclaimed at the time. I remember liking it, but I also forgot the really irritating parts of it. Um, the bits that are just regular Uncharted are fine. The bits that were, oh, we're on the PS Vita, we've got to fuck around. Oh, not yeah. so fine. This was a big problem, not just with the PS Vita, but it was it was a big problem with just gaming at the time, mm. was they were trying all of these, you know, gimmicky devices, and every game felt like it had to demonstrate tech that had already been demonstrated. It's like, if you've played one Vita game with a touchscreen, you've played them all. I don't need them to keep emphasizing the fact and forcing the fact. And that's one of the big problems with Golden Abyss is there are some games I've talked about on Vita Corner that you can turn stuff off. With Uncharted, it's forced. Uh, menus are all touch-based. Reloading is touch-based. But rather than some of the games I've talked about where it's like in a convenient corner near the buttons, it's in the top left corner of the screen in a tiny little icon. Um, so I've got to take my hands off of either movement or the face buttons to go and poke it um, to reload. Uh, the face buttons were are fine. Mm -hmm. They'd have worked just fine, um, but they forced it there. Then there's all the little things like, now you're going to stop playing the game because here we're going to do charcoal rubbings. You're just going to smear your finger all over the shiny, expensive screen. We're going to do stuff where you've got to turn an item round to look at it uh, using the back touch panel, which is so finicky and so fucking uh, uh, over-responsive uh, that you're just spinning items around when you're trying to carefully look at them. The gyro stuff is at once too much and not enough. Well, I noticed this with the Killzone game as well. Using gyro to aim, just the gyro isn't as good as it is on the Switch. So whereas I'm on the Switch um, insisting that any shooter have gyro aiming, on this I'm like, Jesus Christ, it's just not not good enough. Um, it's it's You don't get enough speed and, and precision to use it effectively, but it'll force it for balancing. And that's where I stopped Golden Abyss. I was playing it a little uh, more today, and I stopped when I was trying to just get Nathan Drake to go over a fucking log, just oh. balancing and walking across a log, and it would stop halfway through and you'd have to tilt the Vita left and right to keep his balance, except every time it just tilts harshly to the left and I can't course correct it enough. And he's fallen off. He fell off three times and I'm like, you know what? I'm done. I'm done with this. Um, so I don't even know if I'm going to go back to it now, probably give it another go or two, but like, it's just too much. And that was just a big problem with all of this shit back then. It was like, I know how touchscreens work, son. Stop it. Just stop. I'm glad we got over that. I'm glad that even on devices with touchscreens now, they know not to force yeah. this shit. But they were so desperate to make it a thing. The Vita's a great handheld. It didn't need all the gimmickry. And so many games just force it. And that's Golden Abyss's problem, is when it's Uncharted, it's fine. And when it's everything else, it can fuck right off. There we go. Yeah. And that was uh, Stephanie's Vita Corner. Well, see, you know what I think it's time for? Yeah. Laura's Vita Corner. I got some Vita news this week. Fuck. It's the Vita Corner. Yes, this is, we got another Vita Corner. We got some Vita news in this corner. Real fascinating little thing that happened. People have worked out that you can make Vita <gasps> oh, yeah. software run natively on Switch. 
and I'm not talking about emulation here, where you make a f- like pretend it's a different device. People have worked out a very short list of little commands because the Vita and Switch hardware are so similar, like in how they process things, to basically go this thing when when it says to do this in a piece of Vita software, Switch, that means that. It's just a little like list that says that command means that command that you already know how to do. And it is currently just a little tech proof of concept, but they've managed to get bits of Vita designed, like third party, um, like software that people made for the hacking scene running on Switch without being emulated. Huh. And that is a fascinating little thing that will probably evolve into the Switch becoming a very effective Vita emulator at some point soon. So yeah, there you go. That's, that's a little bit of Vita news. Oh, um, Vita Corner. Where's the where's the thing I was bashing? Ah, yeah. And that was Laura's Vita Corner. Brilliant. Yeah. Very quickly, last thing I played. It's going to take me like two minutes. I played Aperture Desk Job, which is a thing set in the Portal universe that got put out because the Steam Deck's out. You can play it without a Steam Deck, but it's very clearly designed to be a 20 to 25 minute tech demo for the the how the Steam Deck works. It is amusing. It is silly. If you play it not on the Steam Deck, you're going to realise having moments of, oh yeah, this wants me to do something with the Steam Deck things that I can't do. Okay, what what's the PC equivalent of that? It, it's an amusing, silly little thing that... It, it's not Portal 3, but it's a little dose of that, that if you enjoy that humour. And it's out there and it's free. So that's cool. Uh, shall we do some news quick? Yeah, let's do that. Technical difficulties. So Steph's Steph's setup has just yep. died for a second. So we're going to finish the episode, uh, Steph. Um, but yeah, we'll do a couple of like quick little bits of news. We can really rattle through these today. Forza Horizon Five finally has its sign language interpreter update that got advertised like the week the game was coming out. Only took it four months. I'm glad it's finally there. It really feels weird that they like made a big deal of it and then took four months to put it in the game, considerably after most people would want to have it. Yeah, usually uh, people get excited about games right when they launch, not four months later. Yeah, it's good to have your your accessibility settings available when people are excited to play the game, so that they don't have to play it when no one else is playing it. We, We got a few more Activision Blizzard stories, because of course we do. Of course we do. So, the state of California... Companies with board boards of six or more people have to have at least three women on the board. Activision Blizzard, Activision Blizzard King, it's got more than six people on its board, does not have three women. That's not their fault, as they would they would have you believe. Okay. According to Activision Blizzard King, it's the Microsoft acquisition's fault that we didn't hire a, a third woman onto the board last year. It's that's fault. Um. Okay. Yeah, so the short version is, back in 2021, we should have hired a woman, uh-huh. but but if we got bought out by Microsoft, which was a conversation we were having, she, she would, they, the, 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 the directors would cease to be directors, oh, okay. so, so we, couldn't hire, we couldn't hire a woman because we'd have to get rid of her later. You couldn't hire a woman knowing that they would be terminated as a result of the purchase. Yes. The, the purchase that hasn't yet been approved and is still being worked on and in theory could not go through. Okay, yeah, that yes, yes, there's there's a possibility that it could not go through and and also it's still going to take a year. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, lots of people take temporary executive positions and, and, and yeah. you know, things. I'm sure you could have found a woman. Yeah. To fill the role, who would have been happy to fill the role for a year. I'll put my hand up here. You want to pay me a board member salary for the next year? Cool. Give me give me that cash, and I will continue to talk about how much you're failing at everything. But you will you will have fulfilled your legal obligation to be paying a woman. Ugh. Ah. So Activision Blizzard is being sued, and this is kind of a heavy story. We'll try and keep it as quick and brief as possible. Um, there are many lawsuits going on against them right now, but one of them 
is they are being sued by the family of an employee who committed suicide, who stated that sexual harassment at the company was a significant factor in what happened. Oh. Um, yeah, so... Oh, Jesus Christ. Sorry, I'm just now reading this article, and this yeah, is... I, 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 I don't want to get into the depths of this yeah. story. This story has been known for a while. It has been known that this person committed suicide due to harassment. Yeah, I, I think I do recall reading yeah. some aspects of this before. Yeah, when we previously were talking about all of the things that were had reportedly happened at Activism Blizzard King, this was one of the stories on the list, was someone who had been sexually harassed within the workplace and later took their own life, and yeah, we don't need to go into any into much more detail about it, but the family are now suing Activision Blizzard, going, you were a significant factor in this happening, something needs to happen, you cannot, you know, let that slide. Which, <sighs> yeah, it is, I hope that they are able to be successful in their fight against a ridiculously powerful financially backed corporation because it is a terrible situation that they are in. Are the stories of the games industry being allegedly terrible? Um, there is a tweet thread uh, by Gregor Thunderdragon. Is their uh, Twitter Twitter handle? No, that's the that's the true name. Their Twitter handle is uh, Magus Firebeard. Oh yes, Magus Firebeard is their at handle, and then their sort of name on there is Gregor Thunderdragon. Um, who apparently previously worked in game development and QA and previously worked at Epic Games, who has alleged that they were wrongfully terminated after speaking out about the company's internal diversity practices for pronouns. Um, they claimed to have fired them based on poor performance in the workplace, which allegedly there is documentation from three days prior to their firing of their performance at the company being exceptional. They are alleging that they have been, that they were basically, basically fired for um, trying to say, can we be better about, about how we address pronouns within the company? Now, whether we will see anything come of this, it's unclear whether they are attempting to actively seek wrongful dismissal or anything, but it is a story that was going around, it felt important to acknowledge it had happened in case it comes back up later. Yeah. 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 Not great. Games industry continues to be... The games industry. It, it continues to be the video game industry doing the bullshit that it does. And that's... There's no real good way to put it. Just... Games industry gonna keep games industrying. Yep. The only other, the only other thing I got on the news this week, um, that's like a little less bleak to end on. You know how from software games don't have pause mode. You can't pause pause them. Yeah, that's kind of their kind of one of their things. That you yeah. Once you're in there, you're supposed to be in there. Yeah. Yeah. So Elden Ring technically got a way to pause. Oh. It's seemingly kind of unintended, and who knows whether it will get patched out or not, but. People have noticed that if you go into the menus, uh, let me let me find what you got to do. You open up the inventory, press the help button, and then select menu explanation. It'll bring up an, a menu that explains the menu, but it will actually pause the game. <laughs> so if you can get if you can get a little practice in it quickly in a pinch, going like a couple of menu sections deep, there is a pause function. That exists within Elder Ring. Well, it, uh, we'll see if it gets patched. I've had a little try. It's not, it's not that bad to get to, and I do wonder whether it'll get part a patched. Maybe not. Maybe it's there because if you are struggling with how to functionally play the game, they're like, you know what? Well, yeah, I th that is, I believe, the the purpose yeah. there is to give an opportunity to explain without threat. And g given that this game has actually been kind of forgiving in some regards in terms of actually, like, not being as brutal as it as previous FromSoft games, maybe they'll leave it in. Or maybe they'll patch it so that it only works once. Oh, that'd be... That'd be vicious, but not undeserved. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, that that would functionally do the job, but let leave it in from... It's not breaking the game. Let people have a pause. Let them have it. <sighs> it's not bad. Uh, so I think that's basically everything this week. I think that's a good place for us to wrap up. Well, shucks. You know, maybe <gasps> maybe people want more things. And Laura, you make more things. <gasps> Where could people get more things? Well, you can get more things by going to Laura K. Buzz and all the places. Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, TikTok, Patreon. That's the one that pays the bills. Ooh, TikTok just slid in there. Oh, I know. Well, I'm, you know, I'm, 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 I'm doing more TikTok content. Keeping up with the kids. Well, I mean, honestly, TikTok, I get infinitely better views there than I do on YouTube. So I should really get it in that rotation. I, I do little content over there. Yeah, just search Laura K. Buzz. You'll find all the stuff. Um... What about you, Conrad? Um, you can find me at Conrad Zimmerman on Twitter and Instagram. You can buy anti-capitalist propaganda from me at pinfultruth.com or audiobooks at conradreads.com. And everything I do online gets supported through Patreon at patreon.com slash fistshark. And hey, while we're at it, you know who else has a Patreon? Who? James Stephanie Sterling. That's patreon.com <gasps> slash Jimquisition. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, sports everything that is the Jimquisition, this podcast, and everything else. So thank you so much to everybody who supports the show. And I think that's going to do it for us, right? I think so. All right. Well, uh, yeah. yeah. So thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye.